Hello everyone. I'm not going to reminisce about any new details regarding organized crime. I don't have any new details about that part of my life. Um, Because everything I need to say about that part of my life has already been said. And I'm not hiding anything. All of my experiences from that world have been shared in my writings and in this podcast of ours. So, what I will talk about is, why was I silent for so long about what was happening in the organized crime world I was in? Against my will. Well, from 1998 to 2022 I kept that forced against my will organized crime part of my life a secret because it's common knowledge that in organized crime there are people who are willing to kill or beat or rob, or kidnapping, also known as hold you for ransom, and they're willing to do those same acts of terrorism to those that you are in personal relationships with, and those that you are in professional relationships with, and and even people that you may be close to, and people that you may not be close to, but there are associations that they're willing to ambush and associations can mean pertaining to you, pertaining to me, pertaining to any one of us. So that's common knowledge. Also that there's a stigma in our society of being open about about what happens to organized crime. I'll give you an example. As you all already know, there are people who love to keep organized crime going. And they don't like the idea of law enforcement. So they feel like if you go public, some of the audience members listening in would be law enforcement and therefore organized crime syndicates will dissipate and disappear because of what they just heard somebody say out loud for the world to hear. So getting back to the reasons why I stay silent, I was afraid of my biological relatives being killed. I was afraid of my chosen family, people become like a family, being killed. I was afraid of my biological relatives, my chosen family, being robbed or beaten or held for ransom, kidnapped, abducted. on and so forth and 
Many people ask the obvious, did you have a teletherapist? Honestly, I didn't because I was afraid of my therapist being killed. And so many people would say, are you open to therapy now? I would say, honestly, I have not found a therapist that specializes in each and every kind of organized crime-based trauma that I've ever endured involuntarily in life. I'm open, I just haven't found anyone with the credentials I need. I've been researching for years and I didn't come up with anything. Um, Because what I went through is one of those once in a lifetime type of feels and type of vibes. Usually therapists are trained in the fundamentals of abuse, but in terms of cult type of of abuse and organized crime type of abuse, usually trained professionals are not trained in those ways. So I've had years of therapy. I just haven't been able to find a therapist who can really know how to counsel me because of what I endured in life. Um, The fears are gone because I know that the majority of people are legal protection of me minded because the majority of people in the world appreciate me. So that was a big reason why that fear of my biological relatives being crimed on fatally and non-fatally is, is permanently dead. And then what made my fear of my chosen family being crimed on fatally or not fatally is that with my chosen family I get the protection that my biological relatives denied me so I know that nothing bad will ever happen to them and I think majority of people respect my wishes to not do anything bad to my biological relatives. Now, the, 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 now there will be people, and I say this using the platform responsibly, there will be people who really love me. They will lovingly and lawfully confront my parents, biological parents, and my biological relatives as in healthy interrogations and um, wholesome interviewing, as in how could all this happen to Antonio? And are y'all willing to learn from this? Are you willing to grow from this? Are you willing to make sure this doesn't happen in this family, in this family ever again? 
It'll be like that. Of course, it'll be tense, but not bad tense, you know. And then also what made me tell my story for the very first time last year was I've been on the Clubhouse app since its inception, meaning March 30, 2021. That's when I first joined Clubhouse. This was when you had to be referred to be a part of the app. You had to have somebody vouch for you saying, okay, I nominate you to join the Clubhouse app. And in the beginning, you know, I remember sharing my autism story and I was encouraged to be an author as a result of the story. And so as I was writing the book, I remember these flashbacks of crime seeping in my mind. And I was afraid to write the those the book. I was afraid to write about what happened to me, honestly, because as a child, um, I shortly after I left the world of organized crime, I repressed all the memories. I suppressed all the memories. So the flashbacks were not totally repressed and not totally suppressed because from time to time they would pop in my head, but I would just quickly pretend that that didn't that didn't happen in my mind. And I did that for years. But when I was writing the book, even for, you know, my Amazon book, my Autism is Super Blessing book, um, I just remember, you know, I got wise counsel about what to do with this. At the time, I... Um, I remember talking to my best friend from college mostly about this, of course. Um, I talked to other survivors that I knew um, that I met on Clubhouse about this. And what I talked to them about was, do you think I should put the organized crime part of my childhood in the book? And they unanimously said yes. They encouraged me to type it out. Um, and to report the truths so it could be a win-win for the entire abuse survivor community. And at times I expressed my doubts and hesitation to do it, but they incessant, um, they were incessant about um, me Telling the entire truth. So I published the book. And after I published the book, I started podcasting about what happened to me growing up. And I just remember in one part of the book, I talked about how I never used a gun. But when I did flashbacks, I said, well, for the most part, that was true. And then I told y'all about the times where I had to use a gun when it came to the trafficking world. You already know that story. So when you first start writing as a survivor, you write what you truly remember. Because what you truly remember is what you truly know. 
and then when you start talking about it, more flashbacks come into your mind, which means that what you remembered, you're not lying. You're just, you're, it's like, there's no understandable sequence or even orderliness to the memories, but you, you remember things and then you clarify like, okay, I said to myself, well, you weren't lying when we talked about the gun because I said to myself at the time, I never went to jail or did any juvenile delinquency time. So, and the streets never confirmed if I killed somebody because they didn't. I was like, okay, I never used a gun. Because in that world of organized crime, as y'all already know, it's common knowledge. The streets talk. If you kill somebody, they'll actually talk to you about it. And they'll confirm that that's what you did. But because that never happened to me, I was like, I never killed anybody. As far as I know, I never did. Um, Because in the streets... Murders are quickly confirmed because the streets, they see things. And the one thing that the streets will not deny is if you kill somebody. I never killed anybody. Never have, never will. Um, So in regards to that part of my life, I remember at times, I remembered the the um, traffickers and, it's, and the shootout stories that you already heard. So I was like, you remember that story? And then the other times, the traffickers, um, made me shoot and rob. But all those people survived. Um... You already know, 25 people, and all of them were men, because I refused to shoot any woman. So all those people survived. You already know that story. Just quickly recapping. And the 15 15, um, traffickers, I didn't shoot any of the kill shots the human trafficking victims did. But you already know that. I'm just recapping. I'm explaining all the reasons why it took me so long to talk about what happened to me. And I'm also talk to talk about what happened to me. And I'm also discussing in the story of crime why the more you write and the more you talk, the more clarified your memories are and the more clarified your confidence in explaining the memories are. So at the time, you write what you remember. And then as you talk about it more, you can go, okay, I can clarify this part more and this other part more efficiently. It doesn't have to be perfectly. And it shouldn't. And I remember when I talked about the book, 
and just talked about what happened to me. And when I was podcasting, I remember, um, I repressed the sexual aspect of my college life. And I just remember, you know, the affairs and everything I talked talked to you about. And I was able to clarify um, the statutory rape part of my adolescence. And I was like, oh, the most of the black women were church members. You already know that story. And um, I was just ashamed to talk about so much in my life. Because I was forced to equate truth with deadly results. Facts with deadly outcomes. Facts with debt and um, advocacy with deadly consequences. Those are the trauma complexes I recently overcame. I overcome every day. And so in that world... um, it's not easy to talk about what I talk about. Um, also because in that world, to really be honest, there are vindictive, spiteful people. And I didn't tell a single soul for years because I didn't think that the law enforcement could handle it. I didn't think my family could handle it. I didn't even think my chosen family could handle it. I wasn't belittling anybody. I just felt like if there's not a therapist that can therapize about these things, then I can't even tell my chosen family about your relatives what happened. And that's why I just felt so... helpless for years and I tell these stories because organized crime depictions in the film and films and television even skits comedy skits they don't tell you the full story of that world but I do because in that that world, all the crimes, all the violence, all the colorful profanity, all the animalistic sex is much more explicit and much more rambunctious and much more offensive than what you see in the media. Everything is much worse, immeasurably times infinity in person than it is in media depictions concerning organized crime. So many people ask me, what do I want to do next now that I've shared my story about this? Well, I look forward to building relationships with prisons and I look forward to example, going to men's prisons and helping the men's prisons be filled with all good men who have no more desire for criminality. 
and they want to spend the rest of their lives being noble charactered men. Um, I want to go. I want to build relationship with women's persons because I look forward to making sure that all the women's persons that everybody turns out to be good women. They want to spend the rest of their lives being noble charactered women, and they don't want to do criminality anymore. I look forward to building relationships with halfway houses and in schools and campuses and um, even special education because there's a lot of people who've been diagnosed with special education who have gone to serve time in penitentiaries. I even look forward to um, working with um, people on either side of, I don't want to say side, um, working with people who have mixed views on the death penalty. Because my story can really help people with deferring views on that subject. Um, I look forward to being a criminal justice system um, reformer. And I look forward to reforming the legal system because there are things that law enforcement don't know about that world. And when they listen to my podcast, listen to our podcast, they'll know. And so I figured... Um, how important that is to me Um, because even law enforcement they listen to podcasts and because they listen to podcasts I look forward to them contacting me so we can start um, and start enhancing communities for the better um, because, for example, I can even help them with the bo- with the uh, situation at the border. So they listen to my podcast and they'll get a better understanding of the border controversy. Right. And um, they also have a better understanding of cartel life and mafia life and gang life and street crew life by hearing what I have to say. So the reason why I went I podcast because I know that this this podcast is not just listened to in America. There are people in other continents who listen to my words and they may have the same or similar issues in their ju- in 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 their criminal justice system in America, as well as America. So, I think podcasting is really good because there are parents and advocates and even neighborhoods that don't know what to do, and when they hear my podcast, they'll start know they, they hear our podcast, they'll start knowing what to do. 
So that's why I kept silent all these years. And I'll never be silent again. I'm going to keep speaking out on it. Instead of telling people, don't be a rat, don't be a snitch, I just tell people, stay out of organized crime. And you ain't got to worry about anybody ratting you out or snitching on you or diming you out. So if you don't do crime, you, ain't, you won't even think of somebody reporting on you because there's nothing to report on you on because you're not doing any crimes. You're not committing any crimes. So I also want to say this. That these episodes, each of the episodes are deterrents from organized crime. Now... Why did I talk so much about religion? I think that is a beautiful question. And I can honestly tell you that you all know that I grew up as a devout Christian. However, I am able to be unashamed of the times that I experienced atheism. I am unashamed of the times that I experience disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God or gods. I'm unashamed of the times that I experience non-belief, non-theism, disbelief, unbelief, skepticism, doubt, agnosticism, irreligion, uh, impiety, heresy, apostasy, paganism, heathenism, free thinking, uh, ungodliness, profaneness, and godliness and sometimes there are times where I experience these feelings and it is so freeing to know that these feelings I feel as an adult that I did feel at times as a child is not a threat to the faith-based child me the Christian believing child me it's not a threat I was like okay So there are times where I do experience indifference to religion, lack of religious belief, even compassionate hostility to religion. Um, So that's why I talk so much about religion, because also, lastly, on this part, then I'll get to the sex part. I no longer feel like I am a subpar son and... I no longer feel like I'm a subpar grandson, both when it comes to my grandma, Claire, because Christianity was how we flowed with each other, you know? So now I'm going to get to the sex part. Why did I talk so much about sex? One, I want to reform the sex industry. I hate the concept of the abolishment of the sex industry because... The sex industry can be therapeutic when used correctly. I'm not saying treat sex workers as therapists. I'm talking about how you're able to under, you know, the sex industry has helped so many people understand their true erotic blueprint types and their true sexual personality types. So that's important. You know, I also learned that with sex, You have sexual extroverts. You have sexual introverts. Um, You have um, sexual ambiverts, sexual omniverts. For example, some people are better at sexual writings 
than sexual sexual verbal speech. And some people are better at sexually listening than sexually talking. Some people are into being around people as a part of their uh, sexual adventures. While some people prefer to be alone with a person or with themselves when it comes to their own sexual adventures. And some people need to recharge their own batteries and then be with another person or others for their sexual adventures too. Some people are more sexually vocal than others. Some people are actually sexually quiet. Some people are sexually shy. They have sexually outgoing people. So I talk about sex because it is it really helps people to recognize and realize that um it's okay to make even ethical porn for people that are that are in the sex industry you know sex workers where even if they had bad experiences they're like well i still don't want to think of sex work is bad how can i see healthy depictions of sex from the sex work world and that's what my ethical porn will help them out with it'll be sexually therapeutic to them so I'm just so thankful that I got to share all these things and it's a motherfucking relief that I ain't, I ain't keeping shit in no goddamn more. <laughs>